You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now, the group you've all been waiting for, the Lovers of Five. David. And I'd like to tell you about my favorite number, which is the number five. And the number five is my favorite number because it has one straight line here. And then it has a round line on the bottom here. And then it has another line on the top. I love singing about the number five. Give me five. Ah, give me five. Give me one, two, three, four. Give me five. Give me one, two, three, four, but if you love me more, give me five, yeah, 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 give me five. Yes, yes, indeed, give me five. Hello again, everyone. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you into a special edition of Chair Shot Radio, the 5 by 5 ChairShot Radio 5x5 is brought to you as part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And it has been a long time since I've done a 5x5, but I am here fresh off a visit to Disney World with the family, and it got me to thinking about rides and attractions. And... What are the five most overrated and underrated attractions attractions at Disney theme parks? And while I was considering this, I thought to myself, self, who would be the best partner to have a conversation about Disney parks and their attractions? And there's only one name. And if you listen to Bandwagon Nerds, you know this name quite well, because this man is the Disney park aficionado visits the parks all the time. At least Disneyland is a frequenter frequenter of Disneyland. The lawyer himself, my other OG co-host at Bandwagon Nerds, Mr. David Ungar. Dave, this is my first recording back on the podcasting airwaves since the trip, and I'm spending it with you talking Disney parks. How great is that? It's perfect, man, especially since I'm going down to Disneyland next weekend. So, uh, yeah, it's all it's all it's it, as Tony would say, it's all Disney. Uh, you know, it is all course, Disney. But and it's all Disney. I also think this is a very apropos five by five. So full disclosure, everybody, normally you'd be getting hockey talk this Tuesday, but I've been on vacation and have not watched a second of hockey since leaving Massachusetts. I just got back. The day before we're laying this recording down, I am still trying to get my feet underneath me. And other than I know the Blues went on a run to kind of recover after a catastrophic losing streak, they then rattled off a ridiculous win streak and seem to be playing much better these days. 
that's that's really all I got. The Bruins are still good. The New Jersey Devils are still good. And Dave is disappointed in his caps. Is that about cover it, Dave? That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, you've you've hit the uh the high water marks of the hockey season so far. So and with this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds being us talking all about all the shakeups that happened at Disney, that the whole program is a it's a Disney-centric program for the most part outside of Lock and Key and the two tra- we're only talking about two trailers at the trailer park like it's a very it's a very Disney heavy and one of the trailers is a Disney property and one of the trailers is indeed a Disney property it's it's a very Disney-centric episode so why why not keep the good vibes going with the Disney talk I, I had a great trip and I will I will say we're we're gonna go into this. Like we typically do with the five by five, we'll do kind of the quote unquote five positive first. We always do that, like as uh, you know, five bet. We usually usually it's best or worst. This week we're going with overrated and underrated because I think there are you know people could run out and be like these are the best rides ever and these are the worst rides ever. But what I really wanted to do was take a look at rides that one either didn't have like a didn't have like a big wait wait time because people kind of poo-poo them or 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 just even with the weight line i don't think get the the justice that they deserve and then there's the rides that everybody talks about that or that people know about or get excited about that in, in my opinion are just overdone and i know of at least one controversial overrated se- selection i can't wait to share with you or at least i think you'll be surprised that it's on my list at the very least so we're gonna the way we'll follow the way we've always done this. We'll do our first commercial break uh, and then go into our our top five before we take our second commercial break and then bring in the ratings with the overrated rides. Um, if that's okay with you, Dave, is that is that does that work? It's my show, so oh, it's sure. gotta work. I'm so. I'm I'm here for all of it, man. It's all Disney all the time. It is all Disney all the time. And so when we come back, we will jump right into our five most underrated. Disney attractions at Disney theme parks. You are listening to the 5x5 here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com All right. Welcome back into the 5x5 on ChairShot Radio. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk Disney attractions today. That's what I, uh, what I promised before the break. And in our first list, we're going to talk about the R5, Dave and I's five most underrated Disney park attractions. Now, Dave has a slight advantage over me. Actually, just to be clear, Dave, how many have you, has it just been Disneyland and Disney World for you? Have you hit any other Disney parks out there? Like, I don't know that you've been to Europe uh, to hit Disneyland Paris, which apparently is celebrating its 20 year or 30 year anniversary. Yeah, I I haven't been to any of them. I I think, like, you know, the one that I'd want to go to more than any other ones outside of the States is probably Tokyo. Because uh, Disney Sea or whatever they call it yep. is supposedly like really, really, really good. Um, I've been intrigued by the Shanghai attractions, if for no other reason to see. So the Little O'Dowd's favorite attraction is the Haunted Mansion. Seven times, so. rode the Haunted Mansion seven times in the two trips that we've been there. Four the first time, only three this now, time around. And Disney World doesn't do like like out here. Uh, there's no nightmare before Christmas overlay. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He would, he would dig that. That's a real cool change that they do. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a good one to check out. And, but what, what's really interesting about the Shanghai one is that it's not really a haunted mansion. It's more of a, it's a, a, uh, it, it tells this story about an explorer who collects antiquities around the world and a monkey accidentally opens a magic box causing all of the antiquities to come to life and and kind of run wild. And it's done on the newest technology, which we're going to talk about during, during this, this program, because one of my underrated, though, you'll probably argue against it 
utilizes this newer technology that Disney's been using for rides like Rise of the Resistance, Remy's, uh, the Ratatouille ride at Epcot, those sorts of things, uh, where it's a, a cart, it's a trackless cart that is that is driving about, and, it, and it's really kind of neat and cool. So we're going to do, like I said, we're going to do our underrateds first. Uh, before we get into that, and one last little comment for you, what goes into a ride being considered underrated? Um, yeah, I think it's probably not so much like for me, it's not so much the the wait time. It's just like you know, having been to Disneyland as much as we have. And, and my son, I tried to get a five by five list from my son. He hasn't responded yet because he's the Disney expert. I mean, he knows more right. than us combined. But, uh, you know, and my, and my wife's a big Disney fan. I, I think it's like going to the parks and, you know, what's the buzz? What do I hear? What are people talking about? What are they not talking about that they probably should be? Right. And I think as far as like Disneyland, that that has a big impact on me. But it's just like, you know, being in and, and you were there for a week. I was there for a week. And like, what was I hearing? What were people talking about? What did I experience that? I'm like, wow, no one's talking about this. Um, that's kind of what went into the underrated side of things for me. Yeah. And for me, kind of a lot of the same thing, like either things not people not talking about it. What the the ride that I think that you'll you might take umbrage with being on my list is because I think it's a ride people aren't talking about enough in just how great I thought it was and created a new instant favorite for the entire family. So we'll get all we'll get into all of that as we talk about our selections. And as is typical, I will go first for the favorites. You will go first for the overrateds. That way you end, I do believe that'll end you on number one. It'll end you on number one. It'll end me on number one for this one when it comes to underrated rides. And so with that, my first underrated ride is at Epcot. It is over in the the land area uh, of Epcot. And that is Soarin', which is a flight simulator ride within the the land building. Now, it is a popular ride. A lot of people do get in line for it. Uh, but it is very much uh, akin to the Avatar, Avatar ride at Aminal, Anim, Aminal, Animal Kingdom in that you're you're put on you're put into a seat. It's like an airplane seat. Uh, this one actually physically lifts you off the ground and simulates flight in front of a screen. The only drawback is that it shows its age in that the screen is curved, and so the images are curved as you fly through them. But it's so good in the, in the feeling that it does and the sensation that it gives you in creating the simulated flight that you really ignore it as you go through and soar all over the world to these different continents and countries and... It's a great experience. It was definitely worth the the lightning lane usage that that I that I took to to skip the line and get there. And I I found it underrated. And it's it's one of those that we kind of got on happenstance with it being available. It's um it's a tremendous ride. I think the one out in uh, DCA DC's California Disney's California Adventure. I'm just going to call it DCA from here on out. Um, I think it started out here, and the our version for many years was uh, Soaring Over California, which is actually yeah. like the preferred version out here. And they're actually bring, they brought it back last year. We got to do it last March. They're bringing it back this March as well for the um. They do it at DCA. They do a big like world, like meals, food from around the world. It's a big festival that they yeah do they every do year. they do something similar at Epcot. Yeah, and so. We we kind of prefer the soaring over California version, and it's just because we're Californians, and it just it just has a different feel to it. But I like with soaring around the world, and I I don't remember whether uh, magic or they do this at Disney World, but they introduce like smells and stuff into the like if yes, you go over the grass they do lands, absolutely you could smell the grass and <laughs> yeah and like you know and some of the other stuff like in India you there's a certain scent that so it, they really immerse you in it. The only problem like you're saying. At Disney World, the screen's curved, and you know you also have the problem of uh, if you're in the wrong row, you see a bunch of feet <laughs> dangling in front of you. But <laughs> but that's that's all right. It's not that big of a deal. But yeah, that's uh, it, it is kind of an underrated ride, I would say. Excellent. Well, what's your number five underrated ride, Dave? So my number five is from uh, it's from Animal Kingdom, and it's uh, Expedition Everest. Ah, oh, see, I I love that ride, so I didn't yeah, underrate I, it. 
I thought it's underrated because, and you'd mentioned it, that the Yeti's been broken for years. Yeah, the and Yeti's still like, broke. And so, like, when we, it's it's like this ride, like, in the early morning hours, there's, like, nobody going on it. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, this great ride where you come up and, and the track is broken and you're like, where am I, where's this thing going from here? And then you don't expect it to go backwards like it does. And it, it like, you know, my wife and, and her niece, uh, they, they didn't do so well with the backwards part of it. But it's a really, really cool ride. It's really fast. Not a lot of buzz. Not a lot of people talk about it because of the Yeti issue, which has now kind of become its own kind of its own cultural legend you know that sort of right you you kind of you you look for the yeti as part of the charm yeah yeti's broken we're not gonna fix it and that's cool but i i absolutely love this ride i think it's a fantastic ride that not a lot of people you know talk about animal kingdom gets uh, you know i I mean and rightfully so the safari is tremendous and, and avatar the journey the passage the simulator thing is is one thing but um, yeah, I think Expedition Everest is is very underrated. So it got number five for me. Very good choice. I, I love that ride. It's what I would argue is the third most intense roller coaster on the in the Disney World Park behind the Rock and Roller Coaster over in Hollywood Studios and the new uh, Cosmic Rewind, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is easily the best roller coaster uh, in Disney World without like there's just there's no comparison. By the way, forgot to mention rules for our list do not change. If Dave and I have a match on our list, we go to whoever has it higher on their list. So don't forget to raise that hand, Dave, if you find it. And of course, you can yell at the podcast all you want. These are our selections. You can disagree with us 1000%. With that said, Dave, it is time for your number four. You just mentioned it. It's the uh, rock and roller coaster at Hollywood Studios is is criminally underrated because it's a, it's Aerosmith, and Aerosmith isn't exactly culturally in the, you know, the now, the moment, that sort of thing. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it gets lost in, in because you know, Galaxy's Edge is there, and that has all the buzz about it, and, and rightfully so. But a lot of people, and it's tucked away in this corner somewhere, and a lot of people don't talk about it. But man, you talk about intense roller coasters, dark rides, dark coasters. Um, and, and the stuff in the, even in the queue, the, the queue area is cool where you get to see them in the studio and they're talking about all this stuff. And I just felt like, you know, we don't have that out here in California. And I was like, boy, I really wish they would do some kind of variation of that out here. I just thought nobody's talking about this ride that much. And it's a tremendous roller coaster. Disney doesn't have a ton of like thrill rides, so to speak. Right. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is definitely one of them. Yeah, I I wrote it four three years ago when I was waiting for my turn in the uh, in the Rise of the Resistance queue to come up, and just had nothing but time. And I was like, "Well, I got nothing to do," and that's how I rode uh, Tower of Terror, which narrowly missed my overrated rides list. And here I'll, I'll explain why. One, we don't have the Guardians of the Galaxy overlay like you do in California. And two, the queue for that ride is not, this is one of the few times where I'm like, the queue for that ride is not worth the ride itself. Like, it's always an hour and a half to two hours if you don't get a lightning lane for that ride, and it's not worth it. But yeah, the only thing that's goofy about it is like, it's like Aerosmith is just this random Aerosmith ride slash Aerosmith gift shop in at the end of the ride. That's there. So solid number four. My number four 
one that we talked about actually just before we we jumped on air because we have it we had it in different opinions but in disney's animal kingdom there is this terrible land called dinosaur usa but hidden within dinosaur usa which just looks like a shitty theme park thrust in disney i don't know what they were thinking when they made that i'd love to know the story behind dino land usa someday but not for this podcast but there is this time traveling ride through prehistoric earth called dinosaur terrible name hosted by felicia rashad of all people as the as the captain who kind of talks you through what you're supposed to do but the story behind the ride is that they are time traveling to observe dinosaurs back uh, in in their in their environment to learn more about them. But there's this eager beaver scientist who believes he's found a way to get a dinosaur onto a jeep and brought back to present day so that he could be so that a dinosaur could be studied. But he brings your jeep back right before a meteor, the famous meteor strikes that drives him to extinction, and then it becomes an intense ride through the dark with dinosaur jump scares. And the little O'Dowd loved this ride. Loved it. Was like, I don't understand why people hate this ride. He like he loved that it bounced you around. Like he loved the jostling. Like people complain about their jostling and getting rattled around with it. People complain about the animatronics kind of looking whatever. He loved every second of it. Loved the heads popping out in different spots. And so for me, that warranted it entering into underrated territory and became my number four. It, it was going to be until Patrick reminded me of something else that quickly replaced it. It was going to be number five on my overrated list. And the reason for that is because, for my opinion, and, and the opinion of those of us who've been out in California, it is Animal Kingdom's version of Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye out at, at Disneyland. And right. that ride is one of our favorites. You know, a lot of people, and it is, it is literally the same ride with a different theme you know the, the the cars go the same it's the same sort of motion it's the same stop start you know really quick accelerations and and kind of turning you into a certain way to see certain things so so for me i'm like ah, you know i don't what's the big deal this is just indie you know it's just a different it's a different theme for indie so for me i was like i don't see the big deal about it you know if i step back and look at it just standing alone from like somebody who's never been on it before or somebody like your son's age yeah, right. I, I could see how that'd be a really cool ride. Sure. Excellent. All right. Well, that brings me to my number three, and this is the one that I think you could argue is not underrated, but I've got it on the list because it's so new. Uh, we went to Hollywood Studios, and, and I don't know if it when it debuted, but it recently opened in Hollywood Studios right in the uh, the Chinese theater section of the park, and that is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway which is the latest of the park attractions to utilize the free-moving cars, the trackless technology that you see at Rise of the Resistance, and like I said, the Remy Ratatouille ride at Epcot. And it's, a, it's one of those, it's interesting because it's such a cute ride. The basic story of the ride is that you, you go to watch a, a Mickey and Minnie cartoon. Mickey and Minnie are going on a picnic. Goofy drives by in a train. A pie gets stuck in the steam engine stovetop, causing the uh, causing an explosion, which then bursts a hole into the movie screen that you're watching. And Goofy invites you to go ride on his train through a Mickey and Minnie cartoon. And of course, things go wrong. Mickey accidentally switches tracks, and you get driven through all these different cartoon scenes with Mickey and Minnie trying to like save the train and themselves and each other. And it's just a fun, it's the first ever uh, attraction involving Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse at uh, at Disney World. And I'm not sure if it's true for Disneyland, but it's definitely true for Disney World. And it was great. My Even the Mrs. O'Dowd was like this. I think this might be my favorite ride uh, on the ride. And so the lines for it because it were new was new was huge, but I didn't hear anybody talking about it while we were there. And so that's my number three. Did you get a chance to ride it while you were there? Yeah, yeah, we did. It 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 um it broke down in the middle of the ride and we were sitting in front of oh, for like suck. five minutes. So it kind of like it, it kind of fell off a little bit. It is oh and it's not we don't have it out here yet, 
but it is opening January 27, 2023. So we're going to get it soon. They've had Toontown at Disneyland shut down for damn near a year um, working on yep. it. So we are going to get it. It is a cool ride. I, I do like the fact I, I think it's going to for for us out here, it's going to be a big, big deal for Toontown because now you're going to have instead of the only attraction of Toontown that was interesting was um, I'd like Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. So we have a Roger Rabbit ride out at Disneyland and, and it's pretty good. That's probably that would probably qualify in the overrated because the lines are too long for this shit. And it's like, well, I don't know about this, but um, but yeah, I remember the ride Runaway Railway Runaway Railway was cool. It just I think it got it got dinged down because it broke down in the middle of it for us. So we didn't get to experience it like you would want to. Right. The full experience is great. And I will say the second day we rode it twice uh, and was and we lightning lane to both times. Definitely worth a second ride. So that that was my that was why it was my number three. What is your number three underrated ride? So you mentioned again, you kind of foreshadowed this a little bit. My number three most underrated ride is the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, not the new roller coaster at Epcot, but the Mission Breakout ride we have at the California Adventure. It's underrated because I think too many people equate it to, oh, it's just a new overlay for Tower of Terror, and it is not. It, it is and largely, yes, it is the same building. Largely, it is the same ride. However, the it does do a different sequencing on the drops, it does have an entirely different queue area. It's the collectors, like his office. So they got all this really cool stuff that you, when you get to go through the queue, you get to see this. Uh, the presentation of the ride is completely different than Tower of Terror. And I will say Tower of Terror in, in, in uh, Hollywood Studios is better than what we had out here. But I still, I you know, like my son will vehemently disagree with me on this point because he loves Tower of Terror and he loved it at, at California Adventure. But from my standpoint, it's like I think this ride is underrated because people just think, oh, it's just a Tower of Terror ripoff, and it's really not. And I think that's why it's got it ranks so high on my list as the um, underrated rides at the at the parks. Yeah, I liked the I liked the story of Tower of Terror, the Twilight Zone aspect of it at Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World. But again, for what it was and the weight, it just wasn't. What it just wasn't for me, so that's why it would have been on my overrated list had I had six choices. So that brings us to yeah, you'd, you'd have to oh, you have to do the Guardians ride out here just to see whether the presentation makes it feel different and more worthwhile to you. Maybe yeah, does. cool. All right, your number two, sir. My number two is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Regardless of oh okay, all right. All right, which brings to my number two, which I think this was really interesting to me, and I actually cheated, but I didn't because it's basically the same experience, which is why I marked them both at number two, and that is at Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. At Magic Kingdom, it's Mickey's PhilharMagic, and at Disney Studios, it's Muppet Vision 3D. Both of them are sit-down theater-going experiences utilizing 3D technology along with a lot of what you talked about, some of the the other immersive elements in which if for Philhar Philhar Magic, Mickey is going to put on his sorcerer's apprentice hat to lead a magical orchestra through classical music, Donald Duck, and in setting up the instruments, he puts on the hat and tries to goof off, gets into a fight with the piccolo or a flute. The orchestra turns on him and you get driven on through a little musical montage of various Disney uh, Disney films while he tries to chase down the hat. In Muppet Vision 3D, it's like the special edition of the Muppet Show involving 3D technology, as well as a couple of surprises as you get Sweetums who walks out onto the stage amongst everything, and you've got Statler and Waldorf up in the balcony overlooking heckling as they always do, just like a part of the Muppet Show, and the Swedish chef in the back who is supposed to be operating the 3D projector. It's it's really cute, it's funny, and they're great. They're, it's really neat experiences for 3d films pc tunny would love it i guess uh, like the 3d is so great and it's such a different experience than when you go see like a 3d movie at the theater i, I don't know if you would agree with that and i don't know if he even checked out either of those because they're you know they're they're kind of the nice they're the rides to go and take a break from to get out of the heat for a second kind of cool off um and there's never a wait for them ever 
There's just never a wait for them. You can go right in, sit down, enjoy a 10 to 15 minute little short film before you get out there in the world again. It's awesome. I love them. Yeah, I, I, I like the call. And I think that you're right. They're both, they are two sides of the same coin. Um, I think one actually replaced the other out here in, in California. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They're, they're fun. They're just, they're, they're funny. They're enter, you're entertaining. You do get to sit down, rest your legs, rest your back, get out of the heat, whatever the case may be. And it's a, it's a chance, like you said, to sit down, recharge a little bit and get back out in the world. I, I think both of them, good choices. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Well, that brings us to my number one. My number one, I, I stopped you because it's my number one, and that's the Big Thunder Railroad. Um, I, I think I left out a word there. I think it's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Yes. Everybody who goes to Magic Kingdom fights and waits forever to ride the Seven Dwarf Mine Train. You are going to the wrong roller coaster. And here's the deal. That ride is a fun ride. Like the mine car sway, it's a nice little roller coaster. It's easy going. Kids can handle it. Uh, it's you know neat. It has an immersive experience with the dwarves or whatever. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is the better roller coaster of the two. The wait time, even if you don't take the time to get a lightning lane, you know through the app to to skip the line, is is half at least half of what you're going to wait to ride the seven dwarf mine train. And you get all kinds of cool, like the little O'Dowd was okay with the standby line because there was shit for him to do all the way through it. They just have gadgets and gizmos and Disney's really good about that anyway. in the standby queue, like most standby queues at Disney have things to enter entertain children because they understand like children are waiting on these rides. So let's give them things to mess around with while we're waiting for these concerns. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is a higher intensity roller coaster. Still not so high intense that it won't freak out a little one. It, it goes faster, has better turns. It tricks you two or three times into thinking it's done before it's actually done. Best roller coaster of Magic Kingdom, hands down, bar none. And I would say is better than the Seven Dwarf Mine Train. Yeah, more on that later. Uh, you get no argument <laughs> from me that that it is the better roller coaster it is it is probably as far as the magic kingdom coasters go i would say it's the best one there i i don't think i experienced anything at magic kingdom that was better uh it's it's located out here in disneyland and the two rides are really really similar out here uh you know the our magic our, our big thunder is very similar to magic kingdoms damn near identical uh it, it it runs into some problems because our space mountain is probably the Eh, the best roller coaster in Disneyland, you know, and, and it's it's not it's a newer version, so it's not as rough as what you experience out at Magic Kingdom. But um, yeah, I think Big Thunder Mountain is is highly underrated in that it's a tremendous coaster that hardly anybody talks about. And yeah, the the weight, the lines move quick, even if you're in the standby line. There's things to do. There's things to entertain people. I, I have no problem. I had it number two. So, yeah, we are really right. on, close on the same page there. Um, I will I will also real quick Space Mountain without the holiday overlay trash Space Mountain with holiday overlay which you only get at Magic Kingdom and Disney World during the very merry Christmas party awesome I didn't see it we only had like they switch ours and do a Star Wars theme every once in a while but um which no, is they cool, do, but. they play like Trans-Siberian orchestra music through the whole thing and it's got green and red lighting all the way the, the funny thing is is it takes a little bit of the magic away from Space Mountain cuz you can see inside the mountain and half the fun of Space Mountain is that it's completely dark for most of it other than the stars uh, okay. and, and in this one you know because of the light but you don't even care you don't even care cuz you're 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 just it's a sensory overload it's kind of cool all right that's my number one was big thunder mountain railroad i think we're to your number one underrated attraction so my number one most underrated attraction no one talks about this go to epcot and ride mission space not the not the easy version <laughs> that's, that's like just uh, wait okay i if you do the extreme version of this ride uh, not the easy version, the hard one. It, I, that space launch is like nothing I've ever experienced before, where the G-forces literally pin your cheeks back 
And I mean, and we, you know, we've ridden some, ridden some pretty hefty roller coasters out at Magic Mountain with significant G forces, but nothing like that. That, to me, that launch that you do on on the extreme version of the ride is, it is. I mean, and it's not for everybody because it is kind of vertigo and nausea inducing. But it's from a standpoint of like trying to replicate like a space launch. I was like completely blown away by this thing. Apparently Patrick was not. So I'm sure we'll be talking. So about we'll that. be talking about that. Uh, my opinion of the ride in the second half of the show. We'll be back. So I will just say, huh, that's very interesting, Dave. Why don't we take a quick commercial break and move into our overrated attractions? But before we get to our recorded commercial, of course, it is my duty to remind you that if you like the 5x5 bandwagon nerds, the DWI podcast, all of the stuff we put on your internet airwaves every single day here at the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, then get yourself over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and invest in a chair shot shirt. It is Black Friday holiday shopping season. Now is the time. I bet you there's a code that I don't know that you could punch in right now. Just try Black Friday. Try whatever. I'm sure it's everywhere out there. Listen to some of our other podcasts. I'm sure somebody knows it. My point is, we love your support. We love putting this stuff out there. We love putting these podcasts together for you. And the easiest way for us to continue to do what we do is to make sure that we're supported by our fans through word of mouth, through repping the brand, and yes, financially, it helps. So head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Invest in us so that we can keep bringing you the quality content you hear every single day. When we come back, Dave and I are going to give our most overrated Disney attraction experiences. You are listening to the 5x5 here on the Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, everyone, you've heard the underrateds. It's now time to create the controversy with some overrated Disney attractions. Dave, I'll ask you the same question I asked for the underrated attractions, but about overrated attractions. Kids, Dave is going to tell you what makes an attraction overrated for him. Well, yeah, I think some of it is, is legacy. Some of it is kind of like the lines for the ride, and you're trying to figure out why is the line so long for this ride. There's a special thing for a couple of the rides here because we talked about it before we got on the air, just about the our experiences and um, the individual lightning lane purchases that they make you do to get on a couple of these rides that some of them are, I don't even know if they offer standby to some of these, but, uh, well, I think they do, but the fact that they charge you extra to ride some of these rides and at least two of them on my list are overrated in that respect um, really kind of is a slap in the face to, <laughs> to consumers like me. That's like, really, you make you charge me extra for this and this is much better than that. And, and that sort of thing. So I kind of think it's, it's that, you know, one of the rides is a direct comparison um, because of what we have out here compared to what they have in Florida but it's it's a lot of that, you know, the lines, the experience, and whether they're charging me extra for the privilege of riding this attraction. That That's fair. For me, it really came down to hype and, hype and weight. Like, I do think that the standby line factor is a big part of it, but hype and weight are, are the two that, that really stood out to me. So you get to go first this time. Lay it on me with your number five overrated Disney parks attraction. So you got me to change my list right before we went on the air because you mentioned this to me and I'd forgotten completely about it. And then as soon as you mentioned it, I'm like, oh yeah, that ride was was absolute nonsense. Uh, the Navi River Journey at Animal Kingdom. These, the, there's two Avatar rides. One of them, definitely not underrated <laughs> definitely not overrated properly rated maybe even a little underrated but um the navi river journey is just this immensely slow 
boat ride that goes through. Yes, it's colorful, and 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 that's about all I can say about it. There's nothing going on on this ride. There's nothing to it. It's tranquil to a fault, but it's <laughs> like in the line and the lines for this line are ridiculous. If you don't lightning lane this, forget about it. And it's it's just like there's nothing to this ride. Why are all these people wanting to go on this thing? I think you had kind of the same experience. Well, here's the thing is I didn't even bother to ride it because, which is why I didn't put it on my list because I, I can't, I can't in good faith put something on my list that I never wrote and, and be like, okay, this is overrated. However, the reason I never wrote it is because the wait time was, was nuts. It was nuts. And from what I understand, as the little O'Dowd would describe it for a show ride, which is what he calls the rides where you sit in a little boat and go look at a thing. Um, which was the old stand like that was an old standard for Disney rides. Like it's a small world. One of the most well-known rides in the world is just a show ride with an annoying ass song where you sit in a boat and you look at stuff. And those are again, much like other sort of amusement park attractions. That's a nice break from some of the other stuff to do, but not if you got to wait two hours to see what what people have said is the best animatronic work that Disney had done at the time in terms of just the movement and the use of motion and the way the characters act and look and all that. That's great. Uh, but yeah, no, no qualms here. It definitely feels like one of those that isn't worth the wait for what it is. So, all right, my number right. five, my number five, you will find at Hollywood Studios in Toy Story Land. The wait is always at least two hours long. And that is the Slinky Dog Roller Coaster. Dude, we lightning laned this thing because the little O'Dowd wanted to ride it. If you're a roller coaster enthusiast, like, don't ride this roller coaster. It's, it's designed for not just children, but, like, little children. Like, it, it does... It, it has some bank turns. It moves really smooth. It's very, very nice. It has a fun concept, but it's dull and it's short. And, and for what you have to go through to get like lightning lanes alone are gone for the slinky dog ride by 11 o'clock in the morning when the park opens. And then the standby line is two hours. It wasn't worth it. And I was completely fine riding it one time for the little O'Dowd. And colony. It's it's um it's okay. I would say that I I didn't have it on my overrated it's fine. list. But what you're saying is absolutely right. The lightning lanes are gone in seconds for Slinky Dog Dash. I think is what they call yes. it. And it's just yeah. I mean, I thought I thought it was it was okay. It wasn't anything spectacular. But yeah, I I could see where you're coming from with that. All right, you ready for controversy with number four? Ooh, sure. Stan in Hollywood Studios. Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. No, this isn't... I had it on my original list as well. But go ahead. So, this is partially a victim of Rise of the Resistance. We'll start with that. Because Galaxy's Edge, when it opened, Smuggler's Run was the ride. The lone ride in Galaxy's Edge. And the idea is cool. You are part of the crew of the Millennium Falcon doing a... Holdo has has borrowed the Millennium Falcon to... Uh, Before you go on, talk about animatronic. That yes. animatronic is amazing. It is very amazing after you wait an hour and a half to go see it. Uh, at the time, the first time I was there, there was no lightning lane. So you had to wait. You had no choice. And credit to the little O'Dowd. He held a restroom break for 60 minutes for the opportunity to do Smuggler's Run. The second thing about it is, like, you're given one of three jobs. You're given a pilot, an engineer, or a gunner responsibility in the game. Unless you get the pilot, the ride itself, like, you don't do jack. Like, even the gunner role isn't really that hard. You're just pushing a button to time it. The pilot thing, you actually have to pilot the damn ship. The thing is, is... Person to the left is handling left and right or up and down, and the person on the right is handing, handling the other directions. So those two people got to be like in freaking sync or you crash the Millennium Falcon 
which savvy riders figured out if you crash the Millennium Falcon made the ride longer. So, and when there are long lines, they, they, people got, uh, Disney caught on to that. They cut that part out and you're just done. So it's just, I don't need my video game ride to be work. And that felt like work. So Smuggler's Run, number four on my overrated ride list. I agree with you. And I'll take it a step further because I know I've probably ridden it more than you have. Once you do all of the roles, whether you're gunner, engineer, pilot, or co-pilot, once you've done them all, there is very little difference in the in in the ride. I mean, if you're an engineer or gunner, it's basically pass, pressing a button when they light up. There's nothing to that. Pilot and co-pilot have a bit more going on, yes. But even then, once you've done the pilot and the co-pilot, there's just not a lot of, of replayability to this ride, to use video game parlance. It's a cool experience, don't get me wrong, and it's fun to fly the Millennium Falcon and, and to see, hey, can we get a good score? You know, and, and it, it's fu- it's also fun like when you're, it's just like two of you, like pilot, co-pilot, they automate the rest of them. Your right. score can do really, because the CPU hits it pretty well. But um, yeah, I agree with you that after a while, there's just not a lot to this ride to warrant the the weight that usually accompanies it. Yeah, absolutely. So no compunction there. Easily overrated for me. All right. You're number four, sir. My number four is the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, specifically at Magic Kingdom, because I compare this to our Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and you've got all these people waiting in line at Magic Kingdom to ride a Pirates ride that is really like their version of the Navi River journey. Uh, there's no, there's like a little teeny baby drop, whereas we have like two drops out here. And oh, I'm sorry. Did you, ride, wait, say that again. There's like your, one like. No, your, your ride choice. Your ride choice. Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. I, I miss you. Oh, okay. Yours is, oh, you're overrated as well. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that brings us to your number three. All right. So my number three, I, I, I'm safe to assume that it's not on your list. This is Web Slingers at California Adventure, which I know you're going to think oh. is, is blasphemous. Well, I, I don't know because I, I, we don't we don't get it. Let me, fucking let me Universal Studios. We don't get it. Yeah, let me tell you why I've got it here. A, it's one of these rides that they charge you a premium to ride. So you can do the individual lightning lane. Um, B, it is a Toy Story Mania, Toy Story Mania ripoff. There's really, it's the same concept. You're trying to score as high points as you can while you're riding in this thing. Yes, the Spider-Man stuff is fantastic. And as big as Spider-Man fans as we are, that part I don't have a problem with. They have you, there's shops all around the ride trying to sell you paraphernalia gadgetry to increase your score. But even if you get a better score, it doesn't mean anything. Because it's like you're competing with people in your car. That's one thing. I mean, but to me, it's like, okay, this is just Toy Story Mania with a Spider-Man theme over it and you're charging me a premium for it in the lines. If you don't do it, it's an hour and a half at least to get on the ride. The queue is, is okay up to a point. And then it kind of like, but you have to get to that point. So for me, I know it pains you because it's a Spider-Man ride, but when you experience it, when you get eventually come out here, you'll be like, okay, I get it. This isn't worth the extra money. Yeah, I could see that. It's the same. Um, I've never done toy story mania at, um, at who's it? What's it at? Uh, Hollywood Studios. Uh, but there Hollywood is a similar in Tomorrowland. They have the Buzz Lightyear game where it's it's again you're you're competing against other people in the car to get a high score. It's a different look. It's not a screen that you're shooting at. It's a laser gun at targets. Um, but again, you kind of you ride the ride once, try to get a higher score. That's that's really all you're doing there. I I could buy that as a choice. All right, number three. Mission Space in Epcot. I thought of all the rides that I'm going to talk about, this thing was the most overhyped thing I've heard of from all my friends. I rode both versions. The G-Force thing is cool. I, I absolutely agree with that. The ride itself was kind of mad after you get past the lift. Once you get past the takeoff and you're just doing the like the steering and the button pushing thing, like you get you get told like you're gonna if you have motion sickness if you blah blah like all this stuff and sure that's true and I don't suffer from any of that so at the end of the day the ride was like ah I mean 
Again, the little O'Dowd loved it, but I was like, eh, it's all right. It's fine. Felt a little overrated to me. That's all I'll say about it because I know you love cool. it. I, I, right. I, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's all I got, man. That's 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 my, that's that's it. So, does that bring it to your number three? Did I? Are we skipped? My, my three was my three was web slingers. I think we're on your number two. Uh, Correct. Your number my three number was, two. Uh, Mission space. Your number two. Right. My number two. Going to Magic Kingdom for me to finish up my list. My number two is the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. Everybody talks about the fucking teacups. It's a fucking spinny ride. And not only is it a spinny ride, it's a spinny ride that lasted less than a minute. Like, there's no line for the teacups. You know why there's no top line for the teacups? Because they're stupid and boring. And it's short. Like, for, like, whatever, man. I Give me the Six Flags version during Fright Fest where they put crazy neon lights around it, speed the thing up, and go nuts. That's the Make You Puke teacup ride. This teacup ride, they look nice, but just a grossly overrated thing for what it is. And one of those, you know, right there with, like, the flying Dumbos, where they always show people like riding them yeah. and like waving at it. No, nobody wants them. those rides suck. They're boring. That's all I got to say about the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. Yeah, the teacups are good, only fun if you like have everybody on the same page to see how fast you can spin. So that right. You can see how how fast how long everything is spinning once you try to get off the ride. Then it's entertaining. But otherwise, yeah, it's just kind of like there. Weak sauce. You're number two. I number two, I'm going to Epcot for number two. And you mentioned it earlier, but I've got Ratatouille as my number two most overrated ride. Because, yes, the, the trackless technology is cool, but there's just not a lot happening on this ride. I mean, there's there's a few interesting moments, yes. But, you know, when we came out of there, it was like one of the last rides we did on the trip. And maybe we were just tired by then and had run out of steam. But... I just kind of came off there and I, you know, I look at my son to kind of get validation as to what I'm thinking. And he's like, eh, that wasn't so great. And I just, I just remember coming out of there feeling kind of deflated. Like, wow, that I thought really everybody talks about how great this ride is. And yes, the technology is cool, but there's just not a lot going on with it. And so I was, I was just like, yeah, this is really overrated. So Ratatouille is number two for me. Wow. I really enjoyed the Ratatouille ride. And maybe it's because of when I wrote it or whatever, yeah. because mm -hmm. I, the, and the thing that really got me on that one was actually the way that they were able to create the illusion of falling forward without you falling forward using the screen technology and the 3D glasses and all that. Like we, when I see things done with technology that's just kind of neat and cool and new, that was that was to me that was neat. I would say that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway took what Ratatouille did and made it better. Uh, I agree with that. And I think maybe that that that's a, it's an improvement on that one. So yeah, I can get it. I can see it being a disappointing experience, but not as disappointing as your number one choice, Dave. Which is <laughs> my number one choice. Uh, you mentioned it. It is the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. <laughs> this this ride that they charge again, they charge you a premium for this ride. Yep. It is. I agree. Everything Pat said. It is inferior vastly to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It, it is it is it is very smooth. I will give it that. The technology involved in this, like my wife and my niece, were like, "Oh, it's such a smooth ride." But I, you know, again, this is one that we got off the ride. I looked at my son, and I'm like, "I don't get it, man. What's the big deal about this thing?" It, it was it was it's not the fastest roller coaster in the world. There's the effects are okay. The 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 scening is is kind of fun, but it just was a, a major letdown when you hear so much about so much buzz so much talk about this ride and you get off and I, that's like the first thing we said to each other. And I'm like, dude, big thunder mountain is better than this. And we right. have to pay extra for it. And I just felt like, yeah, out of all the things that I experienced in, in the time I was at, at Disney world and the stuff they charge you more for and the, the commensurate, you know, experience involved. Yeah. The mine train was the most overrated experience of any ride that I had there. So it's my most overrated ride at, at any of the Disney parks I've been to. Yeah, slightly overrated for me. I, too, paid the premium to get through the Lightning Lane. Again, it's it's like Slinky Dog Dash in that it's clearly a roller coaster designed for smaller children as well. Like, they height requirements are way less than you would get at, like, a Six Flags, 
uh, Magic Mountain, for example, or Six Flags New England over in my neck of the woods, where they have more extreme, challenging roller coasters. They don't have very many roller coasters that do any sort of a loop. Like, you don't go upside down very often. Aerosmith, I think, is the only one. Because you don't go upside down um, on um, Expedition Space Everest. Mountain, you don't go upside down on Space Mountain. Big you, there's Guardians. There's, there's Guardians? Guardians, kind of. Guardians is more of it's just extreme angles on its spin. Um, and then the independent moving cart is part of what is the attraction of that. So, and, and we've got yeah. the Incredicoaster out here, which is as one big loop. That's Right. It. So... The, you know, Disney continue like it's like the WWE of theme parks, man, it, or at least what he, the WWE used to be for theme parks. It's it's targeting a younger, broader audience. It wants the entire family to be able to ride all the rides. And so that's how you get most of the rides being the experiences that they are. All right. My number one, we skipped it earlier uh, as I missed Dave until he said it has two drops instead of one. Yeah, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Dude, like... Disney did a whole documentary series on attractions and stories behind the attractions. And one of the ones they talked about was Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm like, eh. Like, I wrote it the last night I was at Magic Kingdom. I was just doing a solo walk by myself. Uh, the, the other Adowd members, the members of the Adowd clan had had it with Park going. They just wanted to relax the night before we took off. I'm like, nope. I'm seeing it through my last day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk. I'm going to do this park until I'm out of here at 11 when the park closes. And I got a lightning lane for Big Thunder Mountain for like what I thought was 8.55. Turned out it was 10 o'clock. So I had time to kill. Nobody waits for the Pirates of the Caribbean because the ride is dull. It's dull. It has that one drop, which to its credit, I had forgotten about and nearly lost my Rise of the Resistance cap and had to like hold it down because of the, the wind from that one drop. But then once you're in that one drop, you're you're done. And and everything like I even remembered it from the first trip to the second trip as being better the first trip. Like I remembered the pitch sea battles feeling like a bigger deal. Wasn't it was kind of lame. It, it's just it was boring. And oh look, they shoehorned a Jack Sparrow into this. It was it was weak sauce. It's it's a staple because it's one of the OG rides of the Disney park experience, but it's, it's not a ride. I'm ever passionate about riding again. There's just nothing special to it in my opinion. And when you do the, if you do the one out here, it is a completely different experience. The one out here would likely be like, wow, that's, that's actually a good ride because there's two drops. One of them's really pretty good through dark stuff. You know, you never see it coming unless you've been on it. And just the overlay, the presentation, it's a longer ride. You actually feel because of the drops that you're in a subterranean cavern. And then they kind of lift you out of this thing and you're like, oh shit. It's like a it's like the rise on Splash Mountain where they bring you up and you expect something and they just release you into this nice tranquil waiting area. Um, but for yeah, for people like us who have experienced the one out here to go to the one there, it's doubly disappointing because you're like, this is pirates in name only. This is not pirates of the caribbean out here so yeah for me it's way overrated at magic kingdom like there's nothing to it so that's i i agree with you man yeah it's and for me it was just like oh we should ride we we rode the first time we went out to to disney world we rode all of the og magic kingdom rides except for jungle cruise actually oddly enough we rode it this time as the jingle cruise which was a lot of fun so got that experience really enjoyed it the little O'Dowd loves puns, so it worked out well. But yeah, I, I, uh, if we ever go back to Disney World, we always say if, we probably should say when. I will never, I, I won't ride it unless we're just absolutely bored and have nothing to do. I think you guys need a California vacation. That's what I would say. Well, and we'll you've got tour, you've got tour guides who will do it with you for free. So absolutely, we'll have to see if we can make that happen. As it is, we're coming up on an hour, Dave. That'll do it, everyone. There are our five most underrated and overrated Disney Park attractions. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the 5x5. Five five. Dave, before we get out of here, tell the folks where they can listen to you on the Chairshot Radio Network and how to follow you on the socials. 
Uh, you can find me hanging out at Bob Iger's house. Uh, you know that that's where I'm going to be for the next couple of a uh, couple of months. But uh, now you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A G G and on Facebook.com/slash Attitude of Aggression. And you can find me on the Twitter for as long as it exists at Wrestling Realist. That is W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can catch me every Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday on the Chair Shot Radio Network. You can catch me every Monday talking nerdy stuff with Dave here and a couple of other bandwagon nerds on the aforementioned show, Bandwagon Nerds. Every Tuesday, it's Dave and I doing Chair Shot Radio, whether that be a 5x5, five five, a hockey talk, or musical chairs. And then on Wednesday, I'm talking wrestling with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Chair Shot Radio, the 5x5. Five five. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next week here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.